Wednesday, everyone, and welcome to Minute 43 of the Great Escape Minute, the daily podcast where we dig into the Great Escape one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and once again, Tom is still in the cooler, so he'll be hopefully back uh, next week if Von Luger lets him out by then. Joining me today is Tyson Ferris, filmmaker and podcaster. Welcome back, Tyson. Ahoy, ahoy. Thanks for having me. No problem. This has uh, been a fun week so far. So uh, Yeah. You know, we, we've got some great stuff to talk about, so looking forward to it. Yeah, I was kind of bummed when I didn't have any McQueen minutes, but uh, uh, you know we got we got Charlie Bronson, so that's good enough for me. <laughs> Can't it, unfortunately, despite the fact that that McQueen wanted to be in in every minute of the movie, uh, there, sure. there are some minutes that he doesn't <laughs> appear in. Sorry, look at the draw, as they say. Yep, yep. Yeah. Well, minute forty three begins with uh, Henley standing up after uh, stealing the rocks from under the car or truck. And ends with Henley uh, saying that they can they can get tiles. So as as you pointed out yesterday, at the end of end of our conversation yesterday, he does a really nice brush off as he stands up from from getting uh, out from under the the truck. Now, I, on the one hand, it it's interesting to think about the fact that you know here he is in a UW camp where there's a lot of dirt in full. In full dress, in full right? dress, wearing wearing yeah. a, a white turtleneck uh, that that somehow stays white, you know. And why should he be concerned about the fact that he's getting a little dust on his uniform? It's not as if he's going to look conspicuous. You you yeah. think that that none of these characters are supposed to be walking around in immaculate uniforms? I mean, again, as as we've we've discussed the the fact that you know every one of his characters jumped jumped out of a plane at some point. You know, they they should have yeah. You know, they, they have clothes that are torn. They should have, you know, different oil stains, something. You know, you, yeah. you wouldn't think. I, I, I read it as, uh, I read it as just, uh, he's, that's just part of his character. He's, uh, particular in that way. Yes. Yeah. There's a, that's why he's in full dress. Do you know what I mean? He doesn't have to be wearing that, you know. That's true. And also, we know that it's the summer, or it's, it's uh, late spring, early summer. You know, he, he's it's going to be pretty warm for him uh, wearing a turtleneck. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's he's, he's he's in that because he wants to be in it. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. I think I think he's in getting some some dust and dirt on it uh, doesn't mesh well with him. So right, right. But I mean, if you look at other movies that deal with uh, with with POW camps uh, during World War Two, whether you're talking about in in the the, the European or the Pacific fronts, most of them are usually wearing tattered uniforms. I mean, if you think of the Bridge on the River Kwai, sure. yep. if you think about Unbroken, if you think about Stalag 17, you know, the, the, it's it's rare to see prisoners in, where where all of their uniforms are still uh, intact. So I, it, this is obviously a little harder to, to, to believe. But it's still fun, you know, watching them do this. Yeah. I don't know, but it, it's not, you know, it's not a work camp. So, um, I think it tracks that like maybe the, you know, these guys aren't toiling quite as much as, uh, your average prisoner of war. Right. You know no, I, mean? I, I can, I can agree with that. But again, there's still the, the yeah. idea of wear and tear. I mean, most of these, most of these guys probably in uniform. Oh, sure. You know, as we were discussing earlier in the week, you know, when, when they bailed yeah. over their plane, it's not as if they grabbed the suitcase with, uh, you know, with, with uh, a change of clothes or with five yeah. pairs of, of change of clothes, you know, they, they basically. Well, and it's kind of, it 
kind of striking to me that he would even have this uniform at all. I mean, to your point, like, you know, if, if he got shot down, he would have had to, you know, this isn't what you wear when you're flying a plane. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's true. Also, (laughs) (laughs) I actually never thought about it from that point. It's not a flight suit. You're right. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's not a flight suit. It's, yeah, this is this is the this is the dress uniform. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Basically, Henley then walks uh, across the, the the way to to the nearest uh, barracks, quickly, uh, you know, keeping keeping the 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 uh, steel rods close to his legs so that no one can see them. And then he puts them inside. Someone a hand pops out and grabs them. Then they close the windows, and and nobody knows the better. But as we mentioned yesterday, uh, there's going to be a problem when this truck actually you know doesn't start. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was trying to think of what it could be. Maybe it could be that that maybe it's the rods that are under the the truck to be able to store things. You know, maybe a spare tire, or I, I don't know. Oh yeah, it could be like could be like supports for that where it wouldn't. Um, and he gets them. It, it would be. It would have to be a part well, that isn't it's something that he. Yeah. It's not welded or bolted. Because, I mean, he had no tools. He's able to get these off, you know, just with his bare hands. So um, I did notice there's two little – there's there's a hole yeah. at the end of the rod. It's kind of like bent at a 90 degree and there's like a hole. So I wonder if it's almost something like slips over something else to kind of yeah. hang in place or um, – No, no. I don't have I. a good answer, but uh, it would have to be something he can get off with his bare hands, yeah. which, you know th- – like I was saying, there's not usually extra parts on a car, and then there's definitely not things that come off with your bare hands. Like these are very, this has to be a very specific thing yes. on this particular yes. vehicle. And after he, he passes them inside, they, they close the window, and then did you notice what he does? He brushes off his jacket again. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's a no look brush off. He he exactly. like instinctively knows that there's dirt on his uniform yeah. and and gets it in one go. I love it. And then the, it actually segues into a, a, one of one of my favorite scenes of the movie, the, the whole idea of, of the signals. You know, for me, this is one of the most iconic things about the movie The Great Escape is the, the fact that, you know, they, they have this signal system set up, which is such an amazing signal system because it, it you know, you know, people who, who, who watch baseball and stuff like that, so they see signals, you know, that the coaches you know, or signaling the players what to do and stuff like that. But they, they actually do that here. You know, they're signaling when the, the guards are coming coming close or when the guards have gone away or whatever it is. Uh, so the, the signals that they use here is that, you know, first they show, you know, the guy with the pipe. He looks back. He looks both directions, and then he nods. That's all he does. Yep. That's his signal. He nods. And, and then the next guy with the pipe, you know, the mustache and the pipe, what he does is he picks up a book and opens it. And then someone else starts, you know, sees that and starts doing his laundry, you know, in in the the sink that apparently they've they've fixed, you know, the problem of uh, the spout water uh, that we just had not long ago. Sure. And then someone else sees that and he knocks on the wall. So I mean, these these are these are amazing types of, of which is, signals. It's probably which the last one is probably the most conspicuous, right? Others are not, you know. Yeah. yeah. It's just knocking on the on on the wall. Now, can you think of any other movie or TV show or something like that, which would, I guess you could say, copies the idea of of this? 
Uh, using signals. Oh, well, right. I mean, there's a direct homage to this in an early Simpsons episode where Maggie's in Maggie's in a daycare. And basically the whole episode is she's, you know, she's basically the Steve McQueen of this uh, daycare and uh, is trying to get her, her binky, you know, Um, I'm, I'm so happy that you brought that up because that was one that I found. I love that. I I saw that when uh, I'm, I'm not a Simpsons fan anymore. I (laughs) I liked it. I watched it the first few seasons. Sure. Um, and, and I've always remembered that episode. It's a fantastic episode. Yeah. You know, Marge, it, it, it's it's an episode where Marge decides that she wants to go. She wants to to work on play the, a streetcar named Desire, and so they put Maggie in daycare, and they they take away all of their their yep their pacifiers, and the kids create these amazing signals to 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 be able to try to to go and steal them back. You know, like they have, I, if I remember correctly, one of the kids has like a toy that he moves back and forth. You know, another one. I don't even remember all the, the little things that they did, but but they, they that was such a great homage to it. There's no question about that. Well, can, and I, can, I I think I think they use the Elmer Bernstein music, don't yes, they? Yes, they do. Yeah, yeah, yes, they do. It's fantastic. I forgot that that was the same as the streetcar um, yes. episode. Yeah, what a great B plot. Like I mean, it, that could have been the A plot exactly. easily. You know, yeah. Exactly. No question about that. Can you think of any other examples of of, uh, of movies or TV shows? Oh, I'm thinking of a specific movie. Specific which, which movie that also does this. I mean, there's a lot. Yeah, of there's them. a lot. Um, one, there's there's a, there's there's one that that that's really big that came out in 2013, 2013. which which utilizes it. I don't know. You'd have to. Okay, it's The Hobbit: The Dissolution of Smog. Oh, okay. Okay, there's the scene when 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 they get to uh, the uh, Lake Town. Okay. So basically uh Stephen Colbert has a small cameo in the, in the the movie oh. and he's actually the first character to signal. Basically the the the, the mayor of of Lake Town sets up this spy ring to to watch what's going on. And so you have Stephen Colbert start off by moving a lever and then you have a kid run by and then someone else sees it, and then they, they you know, move something slightly. And then you have uh, two fishermen that are fishing, and the two of them switch positions as to where they're 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 fishing. Awesome. And the, the whole point of that scene is to show, you know, that this spy system, and it's completely taken directly from the way that this movie does it. And sure. I found that just to be amazing. That uh, I've I've only I've only seen those uh, I've only seen that trilogy once. Um... Uh, I'll need to revisit that. Yeah, no, I, I, I got to admit, I've, I've, I only saw it twice before. Oh no, sorry, I saw yes, I saw that movie twice, and then when I was doing research for 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 this podcast, and I came across that, so I went and rewatched the whole movie or the whole trilogy, just sure, just to to, to get it all in, and I saw that, and I was just floored. By the way, they did it. It was just great. Oh, and I love, love, I, and I just learned that Stephen Gobert is in the. Is in the film. Uh, that's yes. fantastic. Yes. So yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, I, I remember at the time I was, uh, you know, I, I was always watching, uh, you know, the Colbert Report, mm-hmm. and he he mentioned the fact how much of a fan he was of of uh, Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit, and that he convinced Peter Jackson to give him a, a cameo, and he actually showed that clip on one of his shows before the movie came out. That's awesome. Where you just see him just for, for. I mean, you only see him for for a few seconds. Sure. 
You know, he doesn't, it's not a very, it's obviously it's not a speaking part or anything like that, but it's just great for someone like that to be able to, you know, to, to be able to get that, that little uh, cameo that he wants. Oh yeah. And that guy's a huge token fan. So, um, yeah, yeah. I think I've even, I've even heard him. I think I've even heard him like bust out some Elvish, uh, once in a while. So yeah, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) which is really impressive. (laughs) Exactly. So then we move into the interior of, of uh, you know, after the the the, the guard or or the uh, informer, you know, knocks on the uh, knocks on the wall. So then they show us the interior of of the the, the barracks, and you see a group of of uh, eight prisoners standing around uh, a stove. Now, first of all, you'd think that'd be a little conspicuous that they're all standing standing around there. there there's too many of them mm-hmm. bunched together there. So then Bronson. You know, uh, Danny takes out uh, two pieces of wood from underneath the mattress, and you see that they, and he mentions the fact that they have perfect slats cut into the wood so that they're able to move the stove, and they put an extension on, on the chimney of, of the stove, to, and the whole idea is to show that they're going to keep the fire burning the entire time so that there's less of a chance that the Germans will actually notice that uh, they're, they're digging a tunnel underneath it. Which is quite interesting, you know. It's a fascinating idea to, Fan- to try. To fantastic do plan. Yeah. Later on, we see how that actually goes, but that's a separate issue. It's it's very sound here. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's no question about that. It's it's, it's uh, yeah. It's a good idea. But as as with uh, any any movie or something, either there are always going to be ups and downs along the way. Uh, otherwise, if everything always works, then that. Oh, yeah, you know, that's boring. Using the old, <laughs> like, what I imagine would be like a coffee can or a, or a, a, you know, an old, you know, fruit can or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a tin. Do, yeah, exactly. Using that as an extension for the stovepipe, uh, just brilliant. Yeah, and and I love the detail. I mean, you see, actually, the prisoner who's in the chimney. He's actually wearing yeah oven mitts. You know they 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 somehow found oven mitts. You know the you know the things that 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 you come across. In a yeah, it's fantastic. I mean, they'd have to have they got to feed them, so there's got to be oven mitts somewhere. You know, um, that's if they're feeding them hot hot food. That's true. That's true. You, you never know; they might just be giving them uh, cold food the whole time. That's true. And then they uh, mentioned that you know they they have child, two tiles that are that are chipped, and that they need to replace them. The response is, oh, we have some in uh, the washroom in one thirteen. Uh, again, this goes back to what we were discussing earlier this week. It's not going to be noticed. <laughs> You're going to take tiles off of one one place and put them in another place. Or maybe they put the maybe they put the chip ones in the washroom, right? Could be, but but again, this is a brand new camp. Yeah, you know they they built this camp for them. So you, there's there's how much uh, wear and tear you can actually show along the way. But I think it's I think it's not so much that they're but if you see if they see chipped ones in the washroom, right? I don't think they're I think the whole point is they don't want them to notice the chipped ones under the stove. Right. right? Exactly. So if they notice it in the washroom, who cares if they notice it? Like no, but aren't they gonna wonder why they have chip you know, why why they have chipped tiles there? Did maybe maybe they need to like But they could they could they could wonder that, but then they they go but they're never gonna equate that to tiles under a stove right. do you know not what gonna, I mean? that's true they're not going to look at it and say oh wait a second you know they there are others underneath the stove maybe they've actually switched them you're right 
Maybe they switched the. T- I mean, why would you ever go there? Do you know what I mean? Like, no, you're right. I, just, you're right. I don't. That's, I don't think anyone would, could make that. Like, that's right. That's uh, that's that's interesting to do this. The switch of of that. Yeah. Because, because as you said, if they if they saw the chipped ones on the floor, then they would get suspicious, and they wouldn't. You know, but if they see them on, okay, sure. All right. I I can. Well, and even if they get suspicious in the washroom, they can investigate the washroom. It doesn't they matter. Can do it. They can investigate as much as they want. Yeah. They're going to find anything. Yeah. What, what are they going to find in the end? Yeah. They're going to find, you know, chipped, <laughs> chipped tiles. Some chipped tiles. That's it. Yeah. I guess. So. And I love that he just, he instantly knows where those tiles are. Exactly. You know, it's washroom 13 or whatever. You know, it's... Uh, and it's just like he's like an encyclopedia of but that, just that's his job. You know, stuff around the place. But that is his job, so it makes sense. But you don't yeah. think that that you know when when decorating the camp, you know when they brought in the decorator to to to, to deal with the camp, you'd think that there that the same tiles would would be in almost all of them, in on all of the the barracks. Yeah, it'd be like you know it's not, yeah we have a, it's not like yeah we have a surplus of these you know. When we sacked France, we, you know, took over a t- tile factory and there's, a, you know, a gajillion red tiles, you know, um, that we have access to. You know? Right. It's not as if they're going to say, OK, well, in, in barracks 114, we're going to put red ones and then barracks 113, we'll put some green ones because that fits in a little better with, uh, you know, with the decor. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. So it, unless the fact that the, the, the red ones were, were the were, were the not the standard ones and those were what were left over. Yeah, I I kind of want I kind of want just in the just for my own head canon. Uh, there there's like a scene of them building this, and there's a, a you know foppish uh, 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 British you know designer that uh, or, or not, not, not did I say British German German designer comes in. Oh yes, and here we have this is the mint green tiles, <laughs> and this one we have the burnt sienna tiles, and this one we have the uh, you know just being very particular about each thing. Correct. That just, that would have been, that would have been great. That's uh you know that's something I can see Mel Brooks doing. You know. Yeah, probably doing. good. Oh yeah, absolutely, totally Mel Brooks. <laughs> the uh, be a great. Uh, if if that did exist, I'm glad they cut it. It probably didn't deserve to be in the movie. Yeah, so. that's true. It's, it's not <laughs> it's not in the original script. How's that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, you have anything else to minute? Uh, nope. I think we're good. All right. Excellent. Do you want to once again tell people how they can get in touch with you? Uh, Reels Jaws Minute and uh, Bad at Movies. All right. And you can contact us by sending an email to thegreatminute at gmail.com. Our Facebook group is The Cooler. Our website is thegreatescapeminute.com. And you can contact us on Twitter at GreatEscapeMXM. So, until tomorrow, tally-ho! Tally-ho! Tally-ho!